ourselves after two podcasts as real professionals in this industry. Clearly. Clearly. And so it is time for us to assume some nicknames and some co- some, some, nicknames. some code names. Okay. So Where the hell is this coming? Have you been working on this secretly? I have been working on this secretly all week long. And we call all, you? Like, I don't know, maybe we call Chris Potato Dick or something. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll call you can't shut up for more than two minutes. Oh, oh, I love it. Actually, you're, pushing it. you're pushing it. I am pushing it. Okay, fine. I'm just Josh Butterfield. Hello. Greetings. <laughs> Greetings, podcast listeners. My name is Joshua Butterfield. Continuing to my left, which is also my right by this point, is Jess. I am Jessica, your resident community specialist and all-around jokester. She's a cut-up. A card. We need the sound effects. You're supposed to have you have one job. Your only job is to get sound effects. My only job every session is it, to do the stuff that it's we forgot. New, it's, it's a new job every session, and we'll tell you in the middle of the podcast what it is. What you were supposed to have done previously. Don't worry, you'll have another new job in 10 minutes. So I'm excited. The, the guy that's creating all these new jobs for Josh is Jeremy. Who I'm is Jeremy, also Utah Transplant. Happy to be here. What? I'm glad you're happy to be here. <laughs> you weren't happy to be here. I asked what the fuck you were doing. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that for it? Yes, you dropped the F-bomb. Can um, you say that here? You can. Two and a half minutes in. I'm two and a half minutes. Already loose tongue. Yeah. And I haven't even been drinking tonight. That's amazing. I had a Moscow Mule, and it was delightful. Really? really? The Moscow Mule, it carries away all of your troubles. Yes, mm-hmm. so I was telling my dear friends here that when, when I had a troubling day, I like to get those troubles all together, put them in a nice big pack. Insert background music here. And then, yeah, play some nice theme. Maybe some cello, I don't know. I think this is a cello. Don't worry, I'll cover this up with elevator music later. Anyway, and I like to have a Moscow mule, and I put all my troubles on the back of that mule, and he carries them away for me, and I never see them again until the Moscow mule wears off, and then they come back, and then they're twice as bad, and I have a hangover. Anyway, where were we? Uh, I think we were going to talk about a Kickstarter, uh, to be honest with you, on this wonderful podcast. We like to look at local businesses trying to get their start through crowdfunding uh, using the website, primarily the website Kickstarter. There's some others out there, GoFundMe and the like. And there are. Today we're going to look at a uh, Kickstarter called uh, Block Forest, I believe. Yes, be it is. with the Block Forest. Wait, are you sure? Because I can't see the title. It is Block Forest. Okay. A simple, I was the hand. A simple, beautiful game. That's an awfully wordy name. So, Block Forest. Let's talk about this Kickstarter goal. Good and bad. Here's the good. This Kickstarter will succeed. What is the goal? I'm glad For you asked. For our listening audience that can't see the screen you're looking at. Why can they not? Just It's right there. It's yeah. Listeners. Listener. Listener, just look at my... Oh, that's right. So, the goal is only $145. Uh, 
which is a huge red flag to me, um, quite honestly. But there it is. He, so he's going to hit the goal. He's probably going to get come in over the goal. In fact, if you look at um, Block Forest on Kick Track, it lists about 171% of goal. So it's going to succeed. He's going to make about $250. And my guess is with a lofty goal of $148, it actually probably cost him more in time to put this Kickstarter together than he's going to make. But there's a there's a, a, an interesting phenomenon on Kickstarter where people have to feel like they're contributing to the creation, development, sell of all this stuff. And when I see that the goal is only $145, I question it. Because on Kickstarter, if something seems too damn good to be true, it typically is too damn good to be true. So this is actually a product that is almost fully developed, and really he's asking for a very reasonable sum. He will get it. I would like to say it's a simple, beautiful game. Yeah, this game is both simple and, by the way, beautiful. Does it have blocks in it? It, it does. So it's basically... Let's, this just a, let's just play a, a brief, brief snippet of the video. Okay. Very, very brief snippet. Okay. Here it comes. That's good enough. Uh, uh, girl. I wish you could have just seen all three of you guys bob your head at the exact same time. It was amazing. <laughs> so that's pretty much the video right there, a catchy tune. It is a catchy yeah. tune, and it illustrates the game. Um, and you know what? I wish this guy well. In fact, I wish any entrepreneur that gets on the Kickstarter and tries to launch a game or any, any product well. However, this Kickstarter is crap. It is crap from morning to noon to night. And I hope he succeeds. I really hope he Why does. Why is it crap, Josh? Okay, I'm glad you asked. What is crap? So number one, the goals are really, really lackluster. There's no really good description of what's going on. There's no real stretch goal. This is it. Um, the goal is really low, which is scary to someone who is, you know, a, an avid Kickstarter person. Um, well, he's got he's got he's backed zero games. Yeah, so, he's not part of the so community. He's not part of the community. That, and and we've talked about that in in other podcasts about a Kickstarter. If you're not part of the community, how do you expect the community to rally around you and yeah. help you carry this game forward? Well, and one of the one of the things that you'll see a lot of times in Kickstarter is you'll see products have uh, pledges of a dollar just to say, hey, I support you. I don't really care about the product or want it, but I want to support you and say I've supported you. So you can pledge a dollar. You usually don't get anything other than the happiness in your heart that you gave someone a buck. Uh, this does have that level. Um, it looks like he's trying to sell a game on the App Store for about $2. And you get a copy of the game with a pledge of a dollar. So that's good. And it really sounds like all he's looking for here is simple hosting services. He's looking just to pay for the hosting so he can get this thing up on iTunes and up on the Google Play Store. Um, so I, I don't know that the goal is unreasonable. Um, That's, it's not unreasonable at all. It's not. It's just, it it looks weird. <laughs> well, when someone asks for 145 bucks, it's like, do you not have 145 bucks, man? Not everyone does. Uh, but I will say this. What, what if... What if his goal here is not to raise $145? What if his goal here is the free advertising that Kickstarter perhaps will provide this gentleman? What if his goal is, if I can get 140 people to pledge a dollar for this and get the game, 
I'm starting with 140 downloads. You, you, first of all, you're absolutely right. And let's start with a very basic tenet here. This Kickstarter will succeed. The guy's going to get 145 bucks. So whether it's good, bad, indifferent, whatever, it doesn't matter. And it looks like he's got a legitimately pretty cool product. And people are going to play it. They're going to have fun. It's a creative kid that's going out and doing all this stuff on his own. There's so much good about this. People can be good at making products and not good at Kickstarter. This is one of those examples. But it doesn't matter how good he is at Kickstarter because he had a very low goal. There but are that, people who are wonderful at Kickstarter and don't succeed. There are people who are wonderful at Kickstarter and don't <coughs> succeed. Or they're wonderful at Kickstarter and do succeed and have a crappy product. Or can't follow through. In the end. Or can't follow through in the end. I don't believe that this guy is any of those things. He is a legitimate person who has a legitimate thing. He's already developed. Just wanting, like you said, this is good advertising platform. The problem is, this is not... If people go here for advertising, it's not advertised very well. Well, I don't know that it's for advertising so much as a way to start downloads of this game. So one of the things, if you have an app in the App Store, uh, one, of the, one of the things that's, that's a little misunderstood, if you can get in those popular spots for download quantities, you will make tons of money. And it's for the most part a pipe dream if you're not one of the major game manufacturers at this point. But we've seen it happen. We saw it happen with Angry Birds. That was a couple of college students with a college project that made Angry Birds and look at us it now. It's like a freaking movie. It's got all kinds of ridiculous merchandising, all sorts of you know add-on packages. These guys are multi-millionaires from a stupid project they did in college. That at the time, maybe they needed 150 bucks as a college student, a starving college yeah, student. I, to I don't disagree. And what, it wasn't about you know the money or advertising. It was about getting people to download the game. Um, same thing happened with that uh, Flappy Bird game. Oh, yeah. And then the kid that created it just dropped off the planet because he didn't want it to be as successful as it was. So. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so I don't think it's a horrible Kickstarter, uh, personally. I think um, you're right. I think you're right that he will obtain his goal. And ultimately, at the end of the day, when you put something up on Kickstarter, what's your goal? Right. To sell it. To sell uh, it. To, to, make be, to be successful. successful. Right. He's going to do that. So I think he's had a successful run here. I will tell you the other option. There's two real options here in Kickstarter. One, succeed, launch a product, and let Kickstarter and Amazon take a big chunk of your money, which, by the way, which they do. Which they do. They do. It's painful. Or get an inch away from it and go another map. Um, you know, refer people to your website, in which you know you basically say, okay, go here to buy it now. Um, I clearly have enough interest. And if you can prove to an organization that like you want to get backing for. Look how many people backed me. I backed out of that Kickstarter, but I've got this many people willing to buy it right off the bat. You're much more uh, likely to get some sort of financial aid to get it off the ground. In closing, I will say I will say this about uh, about this Kickstarter. He's gonna make his money, and uh, good luck to him. Good luck. He to just him. got uh, a good five solid minutes of free advertising on our wildly popular podcast. Wildly popular. Seven people. Seven. We we love each and every one of you. It's like all, the seven dwarfs. All seven imaginary people that Jeremy just made up. <laughs> no, they're the well. Two. Last week we had two, so we've got to got <laughs> upset. We are not including Jeremy, Josh, Jess, and Chris. Well, so that's four. So there's actually like seven. Oh, for the love of God. <laughs> okay, moving on. Now in news, 
Yeah, so uh, it's another week in Utah. Uh, this week, we actually have tons and tons and tons and tons of stuff going on. Um, it is uh, Peppermint Fest in Josh's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll turn some time over to Jess uh, to talk about some of the events in Utah this week. I don't think anything gets better than a peppermint fest in Josh's mouth. Mm. Uh, the downtown farmer's market, again, Saturday starts about 8, ends at 1, get there early. Um, it's amazing. I can't say enough good things about it. Uh, don't forget it's Father's Day. What? I was going to say, even if you don't want to buy anything, no, walk go, around. go walk around, check it out. It is just, it's it's an event. But you will. You'll buy You'll buy, something. You'll buy your You'll Father's buy Day tie. You can buy your dad for Sunday. You go on Saturday to the farmer's market. You buy your dad something cool and local on Sunday. Maybe you go buy him some really amazing grass-fed beef yeah. steaks oh, and yeah. some local potatoes or whatever greens they have. I don't know what season Not it is. Not potato season. Sorry. Watch taters. <laughs> Men, that's who wants taters is a good old man. Steak and potatoes. That's right. That's that's. And second breakfast. Yeah, well, always, always. Chris, why don't you talk about the Real game? Uh, yeah, so Real Salt Lake returns home uh, technically on the 12th, I believe, with a U.S. Open Cup match. Um, that is the first time they played on the Rio Tinto field since they tore it out and put a new one in. So they have been away from Salt Lake City for the last six weeks. Uh, and they will be returning on, I believe it's the 12th or the 14th. And then uh, the first home game in MLS is the 18th. And I have to say, I have to say, I've, I've never been a huge soccer fan, but last year Chris took me to a game. I had a blast. It was so much fun. To go there, to be there, is, it, it was a lot of fun. I had a good time. Soccer is 10 times, I'm going to say this, and I hope it doesn't make me... Um, Later as a communist, oh. but soccer is ten times cooler than baseball in every way, shape, and form. There's more action. There's more engagement. I'm pretty sure that doesn't make you a communist. I know that's America's that, sport. But. I don't understand why it's America's pastime. It's boring as shit. Every baseball game I've ever been to, and they're better in person than they are on the TV. They are, and there's hot dogs and beer. But here's the thing. Everyone I've ever been to, you know how much time is spent watching the actual game. Maybe two minutes. They did a study, uh, Forbes, I think it was, did a study a few years ago. Baseball in a three-hour game has 11 minutes of actual sports activity in it. Sounds like football. Football was second with like 11 and a half minutes in their two to three hour long televised games. American football, let's it for, is, for our international listeners. It is not sport. <laughs> it's not basketball where they're running up and down the court and scoring every time they throw the ball. Jeremy, you are so cool. I want every every listener to know that Jeremy is especially our European listeners. Especially our European listeners. <laughs> Soccer in Utah is is really a melting pot. If you want to see a big mix of culture. Soccer games are a great place to experience that. 20,000 people from all kinds of different backgrounds, from Molly Mormon and her kids, Jack, Jim, and Nephi, <laughs> uh, with their husband in the family section that doesn't allow beer, to the most crazed Mexican fanatic fan that's blowing a trumpet and throwing confetti and swearing in Spanish at the opposing goalkeeper, all in one place. And it's a lot Is of fun. Is that section real? Which one? <laughs> Which one? The, the the family Mormon section? Mormon the Mormon section. section? Yeah, there is an actual family section in the stadium. It's over on the 
the west side of the stadium, the nice covered, quiet side of the west stadium. Side. Um, but it's the whole section. You can't bring beer into this section. Um, it's something that they don't have to do. There's no requirement. They just choose to do oh. it for for those type of families and it allows sections like mine where I think 98% of them are drinking a beer to enjoy themselves and not have a lot of complaints. So go, go see it. Um, Real soccer is really pretty much the biggest sport we have in Utah. The only sport in the state of Utah that has brought a national championship. The only pro top level professional sport that has brought a national They're championship. They're really good. They yeah, and they are very good this year. They are very, very good this year. Real Salt Lake! What's the song? What's the song? I'm not going to sing it. You're not going to sing this song? Oh, oh damn it. No. Not by myself. We, can sing, believe we have three. So it was frustrating. The drummer from Rancid who wrote that song? Yeah, Brandon Seineker, who uh, used to drum for the U's, helped start the U's, and he's now moved on to drum for Rancid. Uh, he actually wrote that just because he's a huge soccer fan. Um, he wrote it and kind of put this little video together a couple of years ago in the, in the off season, and it just became this huge viral hit and became a theme song for the team that is sung now Wait at the opening. Let me, let me try to sing it. You should find it. Real, 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 real. Oh, you're just making shit up now. No, is that not how it goes? <laughs> oh. Sorry about it. Uh, maybe I'll go ahead and put Believe in. Somewhere you should put it in the background, maybe, yeah. maybe a little snippet of it's, it. It's a really... It's, it's cool. It's cool because when 20,000 people are singing the words to this song at the beginning of a game, uh, it's it's really powerful to hear 20,000 people singing the same Even song. Even just in the advertising and the drops that they have for it on local radio, it really emulates the spirit of being at a team event. It's yeah. a yeah, great, totally great theme song. So what's not a team event? Uh, uh, yes, it is. Slide but it just can totally be a team event. <laughs> Have you not seen the picture? Have you not so. seen Human Capital? Oh, really? Team event? I think this is Human Centipede. It is Centipede. Uh, oh, see, that's the way you guys do it. Yeah, I know there are three of them. That's, yeah, they're disturbing. Um, let's okay. move off of Human Centipede. Slide the city. And let's move into Slide the City. So... When you were a little kid, slip and slides were the shit. The wet banana. They were really fun. The wet, the wet, uh, banana, wet banana, maybe, but it's just a long plastic thing that had some water going on it. And you'd run and you'd jump on your belly and you'd slide 10 feet and then you'd get a burn from the part the of the water. The water would stop you'd be like, ah. <laughs> A lot of fun. And there's stuff that you can do like that. You can rip big blow up ones, like big blow up slides that you can run water down and stuff now. This is something like that. But about as cool as you can get. They take it down. How many city blocks, Jess? Um, I actually am not sure. One million city so blocks. They find Big Hill, and I don't remember where it's at. But they so, they so find Main Street. Main Street. Main Street North Temple. Yeah. So by the by Capitol Hill, essentially, they find a big hill. They block off the street. They run giant, essentially. I think it's about three blocks. Yeah, and it's. It's essentially uh, a slip and slide, but they, it's cushioned, so you're not just on like hard asphalt and <laughs> a little bit of tarp. Oh. It's it's an air ride, but it goes all the way down the hill. You can buy tickets to it in advance. You jump on the sucker, and you just fly down it. I don't know that tickets are sold out. So so slidethecity.com is where the tickets are for sale, and there are a few different options. There's an all-day slider, which is $100. Um, 
you have 12 days left to get that. Um, they're still allowing registration for that. Ultimate slider is 55. Single slider is 15. They give you a bag, a mouth guard, um, and then mouth guard. Yeah. Yeah. That's some serious shit. You're yeah. flying down. Have you ever yeah. gone down some of the blocks in downtown Salt Lake? Yes. Yeah, I mean, they're like 20% <laughs> gradients, and you just. So early bird registration, regular registration are both sold out. Late registration only has four days left. Um, last call is the 17th, and then day of event. The prices actually do go up. And then there's each Omega day. registration. No. It's super cool. There's, is there an age restriction? I don't know that there, there is. You know what? I don't think that there is. And Omega. <laughs> so if you have kids, they will never forget this experience. This will be something that they'll remember the rest of their lives. And if you have three-year-olds, they might cry. I don't. I don't really know. What <laughs> and if you have kids, we're terribly sorry. <laughs> I'm terribly sorry because I think they're heathens. But uh, also happening this week in Utah, um, coming up here, uh, we are getting a visit from a very interesting figure that you wouldn't pinpoint as a Utah visitor. The Dalai Lama is actually coming to Salt Lake City. Uh, he's going to be spending, I think, three days here in total. He'll be speaking at the university on the 21st at the University of Utah. Jess was supposed to be there uh, last year when he was supposed to come. Hi. However, he had to cancel. He, he got sick, and so he, he couldn't make the trip over here back in October. But uh, he's back now. He's alive and well for the time being. The dude's <laughs> like... He's like almost 80 years old. At this and, point. and can I tell you, I typically have something smartass and snide to say about everything, but this is such a great man, and this is such a huge thing for Utah. I'm just overjoyed, and I think that regardless of your religion or background, you will be enlightened and inspired to go visit this great human being who has truly captured what it means to be human and kind and great and not bound by any sort of definition of what those things mean, but by a legitimate human-to-human um, -human interaction level. So, yeah, go 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 check it out. That, I, I don't, know, I if don't know if tickets are still available. It was very difficult to get them in October. Um, you had to either be a student or just be waiting in the queue and pray to whatever god that pray you to got there. Um, I know that there that people. Have oh, Dalai Lama! On KSL. Please, please, can <laughs> I see you? Please let me let you speak, Dalai Lama. Uh, but he is doing some other meetings with you know lo locals of, of the same faith, and uh, he will be here for a few days. But just really cool to have that kind of individual coming to the state of Utah. It's, it's something that's pretty cool, and it, it speaks to the diverse culture that exists here for sure. Well said, Chris. We also have the Arts Festival coming up, which the Arts Festival in Utah is huge. Is this the 40th anniversary, I believe? I think so. So 40 years, Utah, state of Mormons, uh, state of tightwads, and horrible legislatures <laughs> has a thriving and vibrant art community. Every year we have a giant arts festival that's typically held downtown. Um, they will close off entire city blocks. Yeah. Police out there in riot gear. Dogs living with cats. Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. It is the craziest thing. It's awesome. It, it is really fun. Well, they've, got, they've got music. They've got live bands all day, all evening. Obviously, oh, you can buy them. art there. You can usually Please eat support local artists. There. Yeah, and, and let's, pause, let's pause for a moment. This is a big deal. 
these people are really putting themselves out there and trying to basically say, I want to make a living at this. If you go, bring a couple extra bucks to buy something. Like, support that art. Now, if you can't, that's fine, too. Compliment the artist. Compliment yes. the artist or, or just it take part in it. It does have a ton of food trucks. They have that whole section with food that's amazing, all kinds of ethnic food. And food? Foods. Is that going to be food? Tons of food. Oh, lots of good food. Amazing you know what? This just in. This just in. Josh, you're supposed to have sound effects. You have one job. I know. One job is to get sound effects. And that's my one job this time. Yeah. Um, there will be food. I love food. Will you be cooking any food? I <laughs> no, no. My omelets uh, are on where last weekend, so. Once a month. That ship is sailed. That ship is sailed, and it. it'll happen again next month. Dang it. Arts Festival. Uh, so one cool thing to know about the Arts Festival, besides everything else that we've said, uh, the Thursday entrance to the Arts Festival, because they are celebrating their 40th anniversary, is 100% absolutely free. So go, spend your Thursday afternoon, get off of work, go down there with your wife, go down there with your kids, take a few extra bucks, help these artists out, and appreciate some of the local talent that's here. We have a lot of really talented folks here in the state of Utah. So, Chris, am I, and Jess, am I correct in understanding that Thursday is also a pants optional day? <laughs> yeah, but you have to have shorts on at least. I didn't know about this. It's, okay. not, no, it's no. not the nude half marathon. Everyone who's this. listening, just try it, and let's see what happens. If enough of us show up without any pants on, it's a pants-off dance-off right let's outside. The, let's do it. Just do, do it. it. I will be there, and I will probably be with law enforcement, um, so you'll know where I am. I don't know if our European listeners will make it, but I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure all of our local listeners. We do have a vast audience of European listeners. Of listeners. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. And now in news. So it's that time of year in the state of Utah. Uh, elections are coming up. So yes, there is a general election in November, and yes, we did that silly caucus bullshit a few months ago, um, where hey, everyone that was. That is right. That is not silly. Everyone was really confused, and whoever you voted for in the caucus didn't really fucking matter because the delegates vote, <laughs> not you. Yeah, that uh, really pisses me off. Well, this is where it matters. So this is, this where, it is where it matters. So uh, general elections, uh, we'll start. You know, we'll start hearing more about them come September, October, November. Uh, but right now is the primaries for the state of Utah. Now, you can vote for for you know national races. You can vote in the primaries to pick a candidate for president. That's really kind of a waste of time at this point. It's not going to be decided by your vote. What will be decided by your vote is who wins out in some of the local races. Which candidates for governor are going to go up in the general? Uh, which candidates for right. different Senate seats, different House seats um, in the national legislature, but more importantly in the state legislature? Uh, what council members get to be put on a ballot? So uh, it's really important. Uh, the actual uh, primary will be uh, the 28th. Yep. You can start early voting on the 14th. By mail, too, I think? Yeah, by mail, and then there will be early voting also locations available. Um, I early voted last election cycle. It was fantastic. There was did, no one there. I did the mail-in vote, so like two weeks before, it comes in the mail, I fill it out, put it in the mail, send it back. That's nice. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. It doesn't get counted quickly enough, unfortunately. <laughs> um, 
but it works. It works. And the last day to register to vote for it is the 21st. There are some districts that do allow same day. Make sure that you're just going on vote.utah.gov and you can find that information there. You can also find your district. Uh, you can find out who's running in your district. So just some ideas for some of the candidates that uh, uh, we're looking for here. Um, actually, I don't think any of our Senate races have multiple Democratic candidates necessarily. Let's see. Uh, actually, for U.S. Senate, we have Misty Snow and Jonathan Swinton, both on the Democratic ticket running. Um, a few others. Craig Oliver, uh, Jay Walk. I don't know, a bunch of few others. <laughs> but this is your chance to make a difference. If you're tired of the same... up for re-election, Orrin Hatch is up. Uh, most importantly, our governor, if you don't like what he's doing... Vote them out. Vote. And there's not Mike, only two candidates. Mike Lee up. is up, but there's Orrin Hatch is not up. That, he'll, oh, he's he not? might still be in two years. Oh, okay. But Mike Lee is up. Uh, I would love to get rid of him. Rob Bishop's up to get out of there. Yeah, he's um, the hell out of there. And again, the primary isn't deciding, you know, who goes. Although, if you happen to be a conservative in the state of Utah that listens to us, please, you know, take some time to look and see who you want to get rid of. Uh, Rob Bishop does have a few uh, potential candidates uh, that, that may be putting him out. Um, so I think he's got, uh, who is it, uh, Julie Farron. Is uh, maybe she was. Oh, um, Ned, Needle Nose Ned, Ned the Head. Um, Ned Needlelander. <laughs> Ned Needlelander! Yeah. Um, for for uh, Governor Gary Herbert and Spencer Cox are not a shoe win. Um, they do have uh, some competition. Um, but we also have a couple Democratic candidates up for election in the primary that you can vote on. Uh, again, in the primary, you are voting for your affiliated party. So you're not going to vote for Democratic candidates if you are a Republican and vice versa. But vote. Your, your voice matters. Yeah, where it really does matter, folks, is, is local. So your local House representative, your local Senate representative. So guys that produce, you know, Utah-based resolutions that say pornography is a public health crisis, don't get back in the state legislature. You can vote against Todd Weiler by voting for the other Republican guy. Doesn't even matter who he is. If you send that kind of a message that, you know, producing stupid crap, not paying attention to the things that matter to you in the state of Utah. Our air quality is yeah. far more important than issue. Like, people are dying of our air quality, and we're worried about, like, who's... Naked people? Yeah, who's bumping uglies. So, so to wrap up our news, we have one more interesting story that's just fun. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait sound effects. So if you don't watch local news, if you don't read local news here in the, the state of Utah. Which most of our listeners do, except for our European listeners. Yeah, the listener <laughs> one single. Cardinal one, damn it. <laughs> well, Josh scared him off with his two-minute intro. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Uh, on Thursday, June Thursday, excuse me, Tuesday, June seventh, um, the whole zoo in the middle of the day, and this this is busy season for the zoo. School's out after all. Uh, had to lock it down. They took all the people who were inside the zoo and shuffled them into bathrooms and buildings with doors that shut. Uh, they closed the gates, and this was all because they had 
a little incident of a big cat getting loose. One of their two Amur leopards, they also have three snow leopards, actually got out of the zoo uh, and uh, was running around. They found it, they tranquilized it, and they eventually caged it and, and took it back. And They didn't say uh, how it got out. I suspect that will come at some point. <laughs> but quite clearly, uh, the escaped leopard was out for a Oh, there's a leopard over here! Hey guys, why is it so hard to hide a leopard? Why, why is it so hard? Because they're always spotted! <laughs> oh, you know what the leopard thinks of that? Uh, and can I have a piece of that Laffy Taffy you got that joke from? never challenged me to get sound effects because now I've done it. Well, you've done your job, Josh. You can now leave for the day. What? I have one job. And I'm going to... Okay. That's enough. Leopard. That may have been the worst leopard sound effect ever. Mr. Chris M. for Mayhem Birch. You, sir, are an entrepreneur, a Utah legend in the field of legends. He's living the dream. You are living the dreams. You, sir, are kind of your own boss. I'd like to know more about this. What does the M stand for in Chris Birch? Uh, it stands for my middle name. Which is? Uh, it's a great mystery. It's all mystery! mystery. Woo! Chris, Mystery Birch, uh, or you can just call me Mr. Birch. Ooh, That's Mr. Mr. Birch. Mr. Mr. Birch. Uh, yeah, uh, so I, uh, I am part of a local Utah company called The Link Group. Uh, we are a software company. We produce uh, small business-based software. So our entire model and, and kind of, of credo is we want to create software for small businesses to help them work better. Computers should not make your life harder, so we want to try and make meaningful impacts on folks. Uh, we uh, created a, a piece of software called Fig POS. Uh, it is a mobile point-of-sale application designed primarily for iPads, uh, but does run on Android devices as well as Windows devices. Um, and we have uh, quite a few local Utah businesses, that's where our focus is, uh, that are up and running and some recognizable names that, that use our software. So that sounds great. Um, and it sounds pretty complicated. But uh, you were telling us in, in, kind of offline about all the other projects you've been a part of that have ultimately distilled down to this group of people who is doing this Link project with you. So kind of walk us through that background and, and why you ended up at Link rather than all these other projects. Well, so it actually started off uh, many, many years ago. Um, so I got a job with a, another software company locally um, that produced medical record software, and I worked there for a good 10 years. Uh, during my time there, I did a whole bunch of different things, and I worked with a whole bunch of people. And if one thing that I've learned in, in doing business with folks is don't burn bridges. The people that you work with today may provide opportunities down the line. So a couple of the people that I worked closely with at that company uh, had gone off to do other things. Uh, one of them has, has done many things, has, has run uh, entire software companies, has done marketing arms of, of Microsoft, um, and they kind of got together and started doing this other job on the side. They were running a, a warehouse uh, enterprise resource planning program that was, was cataloging and indexing and doing pools for, for warehouses locally here in Utah that they kind of designed. 
that kind of metamorphosed into uh, an application to help local plumbers um, be able to pull inventory directly from Was it called Local Poop? <laughs> uh, yeah. It was called uh, Shit Type Quick or something like that. <laughs> wow, it's catchy. It's actually labeled Link. Uh, and, uh, you know, the whole point was to be able to get plumbers who go out on site to a, a person's house and need to order a water heater to be able to get that water heater straight from the distributor locally instead of having to send paperwork to their warehouse, the warehouse look for it, they don't have it, they have to create an invoice and send that to a distributor, then get it shipped to their warehouse, then put it on the truck, and now this poor family's been without a water heater for five days. Now they can order it while they're standing right there, go to the distributor's warehouse and pick it up and bring it to the home on the same day. So it allowed for a much quicker turnaround, much more succinct uh, ordering their products. So around this time, these two guys that I'd worked with for a long time uh, contacted me and asked if I wanted to come over and start working with them on this project. Um, it was a hard choice. I was reluctant at first. Because uh, you were making really good money doing the other thing. I was. I was very successful. Um, I had worked my way up. You were, to, you were a stripper. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was an executive level stripper. Uh, you know, I directly reported to the, uh, the CEO and, uh, you know, of the company. Um, and so, yeah, it was a tough decision. Well, um, the security that comes from a larger corporation, you know, you're going to get a paycheck every week or every other week. And you know how much you're making currently, and, and, it, I, and I it's scary. I knew competitively what I was worth, um, no doubt about it. And I, I knew I could go elsewhere. I had entertained offers elsewhere. Ultimately, I really liked the company. Um, but I was at a level at that company where the next step for me was ownership. And getting into ownership at that company uh, wasn't going to happen. Just wasn't going to happen. There were very few people that were able to break into that, that tier. Um, and this presented me an opportunity to, to be an owner. And so I, uh, I took a bit of a pay cut. Um, I worked ridiculous hours. I still work ridiculous hours. Um, but I love it. I love what we're doing. Um, the plumber thing really metamorphosed into a point of sale. We said, you know, we can take some of the same structure and apply it to the restaurant world and make these guys' lives easier that are using these systems designed for retail as, you know, a restaurant point of sale. Um, and I love it. I make people happy on a daily basis. Uh, some days I, I, I work four hours, uh, and other days I work 18 to 20 hours. Um, but it's a great job. It's a it's a great career. It's a great opportunity. And now, when the company does well, I'll do well. So, for any of those out there who are who are thinking of starting their own company, or more like what you are doing, who joined a group of leaders in a company, what what would you say to them? What advice would you give to them? Know what you're getting into. Um, one of the big drawing factors for me, uh, and this is a big step to take a, a steady paycheck. I've been with failed businesses before. I've been with startups before that haven't gone well. Um, I took this job with reluctance, but with, with some guarantees as well. We have an angel investor. We have an angel investor that uh, is, is really believes in the product and is, was willing in the early days to help us get to the point where we are now. Um, so I kind of knew there was just some, some security there. I knew that I wasn't going to be out on the street without you know much notice. Uh, and being in that leadership, I was able to see some of that stuff. Um, but know what you're getting into.
Angel of Harlem. Oh, Your angel investor. Oh, yeah. Wow. Guess who's doing sound effects now? <laughs> we should not be doing this job. You should. <laughs> well, hey, but at least mine was the first interview that had uh, sound effects. That's right. right. See? That's true. Angel. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even a good song for Angel. Like, there's much better songs than Angel of Harlem. Are you telling what are what are what other angel songs are there? There are better songs. I'm gonna look it up right now. Yeah. Hold on. She does not the Sarah McLaughlin. Uh, but know what you're getting into. I mean, that's a big part of it. Like when you step into the world of being your own boss, um, everything matters more. When you work for a corporation that's been around for a long time, you know, if you lose a customer, if you lose a sale, it doesn't matter. It's not the end of the world. You know, when you're running your own business and you're starting out and you have 20 customers and one of them's ready to leave, that's not that's not an easy thing to deal with because that's a big chunk of your income that can go away. So, thank you. All of that was super interesting. But now, <laughs> now I, I actually have having worked in restaurants um, and been out for about three and a half years. It's very interesting to see. Um, the evolution of technology from big bulky re uh, registers right. to now you're going into a restaurant and everything's run um, by a tablet. Can you just talk about the benefit to the business of transitioning those technologies? Yeah, I mean, so there's still restaurants out there today, especially the smaller mom and pop shops that use an actual register. Like there's not even an actual point of sale in there that's printing tickets out the kitchen. It's handwritten, they use a register, it works fine. That's great. It's not very secure. Uh, it certainly doesn't give them any kind of data on the back end that they can work with. All the reports are by hand. There's a lot of room for error. And even in some of the older, bulkier systems, cost is a huge factor. Now with mobile point of sale, for a $400 iPad and maybe another $100, $200 in additional hardware, you can take your restaurant and go into a, 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 a venue that, that allows you to print tickets to a kitchen, that allows you to you know, quickly running transactions and have real-time reporting. Some of the other systems that are out there, the, the micros of the world, I mean, a terminal's $15,000, $20,000, and it's just not feasible for a small business to get into. Not to mention repairs. And exactly. So, and then if you're, you know, if your terminal breaks, you might just be out of terminal for days or weeks, depending on what else is going on and who your vendor is. Well, it's not just restaurants that can use your software. No, it's not. It's not actually. You know, Phantom Fireworks, since we're in the summer and we're, we're getting close to July 4th, all of the Phantom Fireworks tents in Utah actually use our point of sale. Uh, they use our merchant services and point of sale to run all their transactions. It has increased their profitability dramatically. They were all running hand registers and hand adding up stuff. Inventory before and after the season was over for these tents was an absolute nightmare for them. Now, within three days, they have 500 tents that all their stuff's done. You know, these guys aren't working for two months after the season just to shore up numbers and inventory. It's all done within a few days. It's, it's really, really been a big help for them. So, everyone wins. It's just a scenario where everyone wins. Yeah, and look, we're, we're a software company, right? And I always tell people, software is not perfect. Every piece of software ever made has got problems. Windows, Apple, they all push updates on a regular basis, and the updates are primarily to fix bugs. You know, there's always feature updates, but there's a lot of bug fixes. So no software is perfect. Um, 
But we like to think that we have a really good system and we're very responsive to our clients. Uh, so, very cool. So, in answer to your earlier question about songs, <laughs> I, I, now I am going Josh to. Josh actually tuned out after that. No, no, I didn't, but I was investigating. Yeah. A better here, song for angels. Here is one of my favorite songs from the 80s. Send me an angel! This is good. You know, every time you hear Send Me an Angel, you know what movie I think of? What's that? Rat. Rat. <laughs> and if you've never seen the movie Rat, go find it. I don't know where you're going to find it, but it was an 80s BMX movie. Oh. And they rode BMX bikes through, like, big tubes from, like, you know, like the big underground, like, water main tubes that are, like, that three feet wide. rad. Here's another angel. By the way, there are, like, 5,000 songs yeah. with the word angel, but this is Angel so, to take us out, by to take Ta- us out. Tahir Shah? I don't know. No, I've never I don't trust this song. Give us an angel, you just, to take us out. Okay, everyone just enjoy. With that being said... Angel. I know all the lyrics. Oh. Mankind.